What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Score Sports, episode 16. Um, really, this is episode 17 for us because last week we recorded, as usual, uh, talked about our stuff, uh, but the files got corrupted in my computer, so we couldn't post a video, an episode, sorry. Uh, we do apologize for that. I'm sorry, but we're going to cover most of the topics that we missed last week, and we're going to try to keep it pretty fast. As always, one want to thank you for listening, and we want to give a huge shout out to Pub Sports Talk, the OGs over there. Uh, they have a special guest. At the time you're listening to this, as soon as you're done, go over and check out Pub Sports Talk. They got a special guest. Hopefully, it'll be a good one. Always is. And then in some other four score news, next week, we are looking to have All-American basketball player Elisa Cunane on the show. Um, obviously, big go pack. She's in all the finalist watch list awards. Uh, NC State's looking great this year, and she's a uh, key role i'm sorry she plays a key role on that team so uh she's a great basketball player she's great one of my friends so uh, she'll be on next week so make sure you guys tune in listen to that uh check out her instagram and uh ask us any questions that you want to know whether it's about basketball her life growing up anything like that but to get started we're gonna go into the super bowl which obviously was about two weeks ago at this point and the NFL awards, NFL honors that happened. So obviously the Chiefs lost the Super Bowl to the Buccaneers. We all know this, the Chiefs played very bad and the Buccaneers just played very well. Um, last week we talked a lot about who played better between Mahomes or Brady. So let's kind of get back into that. My biggest thing, I think Mahomes played better for the sole purpose of he had no help. You know, he was making outstanding, insane throws. <laughs> His receivers are dropping. Tyreek Hill dropped a touchdown. You know, everyone was dropping passes left and right. Even Travis Kelsey was dropping them early on. But um, I just think Mahomes played his ass off, and he deserved to win that Super Bowl. I think he played better than Brady. And I'm not saying Brady played bad by any means, but uh, I'm just saying Mahomes played a, a hair better just with what he was dealt and everything like that. And obviously, we all know the stats. He ran an NFL record 500 yards behind the line of scrimmage, and that's like the most ever for a quarterback. But, um, Shout out Buccaneers. I mean, you guys won. You guys did what you're supposed to. Defense played great. Offense did what they were supposed to. So, seven for Brady. Undisputed goat in football. That's all I got. I'm just gonna I'm gonna go against with what you said, just because. Yes, Mahomes was making plays. He was getting out of the pocket. The throws he was making were insane. You saw we saw the mic'd up videos following where uh, people like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin were calling. Patrick Mahomes a magician because he's making stuff happen when you're pressured. He was pressured 26 times. Uh, I know I had the number last week, but I'll have it on me now. 26, 20. It was an NFL record for amount of times you're pressuring game versus Tom Brady, who was pressured four times. Um, I believe the reason why Tom Brady played better is because the game plan the Buccaneers had in place was tremendously better you don't win by that much by outplaying someone in the super bowl that all comes down to game plan Uh, so i i do believe tom brady played better he wasn't making big time throws but tom brady is almost yeah he didn't have to i mean the game plan was there gronk being open over the middle short out route throws getting calls on deep balls and goal line plays uh i just i believe tom brady played better just for that reason i think Patrick Mahomes definitely played his heart out there. The guys weren't playing up to the level that he shows. Uh, 
or that they all showed. So I just got to stick. I'm going to go with Tom Brady here. Um, Yeah. No, I'm a, I got to go with Mahomes just for the fight he put up. Um, but I do agree, like, that That Todd Bowles game plan, the fact that he was able to game plan for Patrick Mahomes, like, it seems like nobody else was able to do it besides, I guess, the teams that actually beat him. But, uh, yeah, Todd Bowles, like, you got to think about where Todd Bowles came from. Like, they kind of kind of hold him with the Jets. They were like, he wasn't no type of coach. So, Bruce Arians brought him in and let him do his thug thistle. And then he brought in Byron Leftwich, and he for sure did his thug thistle. Just Tom Brady just throwing dots like he used to. And then Leonard Fournette, again, who people almost tried to um, count out with the Jags. He came in, put on a show. And then on the other end with the Chiefs, who we have, literally just Patrick Mahomes. You had defense getting ate up. Um, we talked about Chris Jones last time and how he had to do numbers on the offensive line. Didn't happen. Um, he put up some penalty yards, if that counts. But, yeah, he didn't do too much. The defensive line didn't really show as much. Um, they didn't put any type of pressure on Tom Brady, and that is a complete mistake. If there's one thing I learned from Madden, which is kind of wild. There's one thing I learned from Madden is that you have to pressure the quarterback every time. Weren't like you now that it's a, coach? yeah, you learned it but, from Madden. No wonder we were so bad. Wow, I bet you won't tell them that. Anyway, um, we, I mean, you know, for one, well, for one, let's 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 <laughs> let's put a pin on that because two way football was not a throwing league, and you know that. But anyway, now that the NFL is like a passing league, it's important that you have some sort of rush on the quarterback. They didn't have that, and not only did they not rush the quarterback, they for sure could not plug the running gaps at all. So it was just a bad showing all around for the defense, which is kind of crazy. You almost wonder if, like, was there something going – I mean, Chiefs had something going on, like a bunch of different distractions. But Andy Reid usually had an answer, but I guess not for this Super Bowl. Hmm. Um, cool. Yeah, so um, I'm not I'm not gonna spend too much time on this um, because uh, I, looking at it, I think if you look at any particular defense um, part of the defense, uh, the Bucks obviously outplayed them. You look at the offensive line, the, the the Bucks outplayed them. The running back from the Bucks, the the wide receiver for the Bucks, the tight end for the Bucks, all outplayed the Chiefs. Um, the Chiefs coaching staff got out coached by the Bucks, um, and that was really surprising to me considering that. Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, those guys, um, Steve Spagnola, were the, just there last year. Um, they played the 49ers. They've been there. They've done that. The year before that, they went to the AFC Championship game. Been there, done that. This is the first time that um, the Bucks have been to the Super Bowl since the Gruden era. So it's like, um, it's crazy to say that. Um, like Keith said, um, Bowles just getting kind of banished out of New York, had a bad rep on him and kind of reviving his career um, in Tampa is good to see. But as far as quarterback play, um, I think that I think that the Bucks were much more prepared. Um, like Grant said, I think they had a much better game plan coming in. I think they were ready for what the Chiefs wanted to do. They knew who they weren't going to let beat them. They knew that it was going to have to be the other guys: Sammy Watkins, Byron Pringle, um, Sam, uh, Michael Hardman, uh, Ceh Williams. Those guys like that are going to have to beat them. But as far as quarterback play, I I can't sit here and say that Brady outplayed them. 
for the simple fact that Brady didn't do nothing out of the ordinary. I think Brady did exactly what he needed to do. When your defense is playing like that, um, you, you know what I'm saying? You just got to make the simple plays. But there, there's nothing that he did that I'm like, oh, my God, Patrick Mahomes would not have been able to have done that. It's like, I don't know, they got the run game going. The Chiefs never have a run game for that matter, but they really didn't get a run game against the Bucs. Um, and then once they got that run game going, it set up the play action. And the the linebackers and DBs for the Chiefs were just absolutely fooled by it. Brady had huge separation on these throws, and partly that's because of Edwins and Godwin and, and AB and those guys. But these guys are wide open. They're wide open. And then like Ryan talked about, between Hill and Kelsey, it's easy to say that Mahomes has got the weapons and he should be having help. But and it, it's just the simple fact even though Kelsey had over 100 yards and Hill had some rack yards, Hill and Kelsey did not play a good game. Darrell Williams did not play a good game. And the offensive line, I'm not even going to talk about that because we all know that they didn't have a good game. So I think uh, the final score was what? Was it Was it 31-9? to Was that the final score? Um, yeah. I think, if you, I think if you switch the quarterbacks, I think if you put Mahomes on the Bucks and you put um, Tom Brady on the Chiefs for that game alone, just that game, seeing how Kelsey and Hill played, seeing how Evans and God, how everyone played. You switched the two quarterbacks for that game. I think that the Bucs win by over 30 points. Um, I, I don't think it's close at all. I, I don't think it's close at all. Um, so for that manner, um, Brady, I'm, I'm not here. I'm, I'm not a Tom Brady hater. I think Tom Brady is the GOAT. Um, and, and at the end of the day, he won. And that's all that matters. He did exactly what he needed to do to win. And hats off to you. Props to you. Everybody counted you out. You won. But at the end of the day, he did not play a better game than Mahomes, in my opinion. I mean, I agree. Like, you kind of hit the nail on the head. But, um, not, not the saying hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways. But, uh, Mute me. Uh, obviously, when it comes to the Super Bowl weekend, we have the NFL awards that come along with that. Uh, obviously, shout out A Rod, Aaron Rodgers. I would have traded the MVP for Super Bowl MVP, but. Yeah, out of the championship for the first time in forever. I can't really be tough. My team hasn't made it. Yeah. Yeah, same. I've said I've said all season Aaron Rodgers was my MVP guy. So it does feel good that in the beginning when y'all said that was kind of not necessarily a hot take. Obviously, it's a ride. You can't count him out. But early on, it, I feel like it kind of was a hot take with who we had. We had Russell Wilson. Uh, you had your man Dak Prescott in Dallas balling out. Where he died. RIP in the chat. Uh, I mean, I had him in fantasy, so my season died <laughs> along with him. Uh, but seeing what A-Rod did this season at the age that he did, even though he's he not Super Bowl. old, he is older. Okay, thank you for reminding me. And he's older than him for Super Bowl. Uh, in the NFC. <coughs> yeah. Beat him in the conference championship, I believe, right? Yeah, it was. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> not. I'm not wanting to talk about that. Uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen with J.J. Watt, but we can get into that later. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy for Aaron Rodgers. He fully deserved it. I think it was a, by a mile he won MVP, especially for like the last five weeks. Yeah, I, as far as the award goes, as far as MVP goes, I I, I didn't have any complaints for this one. I, I think Rodgers definitely deserved it. Yeah. Um, Keith, you have anything? No. Um, no. No. Uh, moving on. Uh, really, I think we'll all agree. Uh, defensive rookie of the year, Chase Young. I think we can all pretty much agree. 
Yeah, he, he definitely deserved it. But Jeremy Chen from Carolina is going to be a, a special player in the future. He's really was, good. Was, sure. he the, was he the guy that had two defensive touchdowns? Yeah, in his like 30 in two plays in a row. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. really good. He's insane. But, yeah, Chase Young definitely deserved it, though. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against that. Yeah, I, I people were making People were making – yeah, people were making arguments for Cameron Curl because I saw a, a graphic, and they put Cameron Curl's stats with Jeremy Chen – and it's kind of it was just crazy to see because both both of them did really well to be on teams that only pretty much had defenses. But right, yeah, it's I'm excited to see both of them in the future. And it's it's crazy because nobody, I mean, Jeremy Chen got attention. Cameron Curl, if I remember right, I mean, maybe he got attention because of his name or something. But none of them really Seven got attention throughout the whole draft process. Um, yeah, it's. I'm excited to see how well they do. I want to see if. No, I take it back. I saw one with Jeremy Chin and Cameron Curl, and somebody tried to get disrespectful and put Sean Taylor's stats as a rookie. Okay, yeah, that, that, that's where we as slow the Cameron Curl. That's that, where we slow the roll. That's where yeah, we slow. them little seventeen-year-olds y'all let be on the internet. They out here disrespecting the greats, but it's yeah, all I agree. good. Like, Somebody, I saw this post, and it was some from my Miami Heat. I know this is the NBA, but Miami Heat, they posted about this uh, the statistic. It was like uh, oh, yeah. Steph Curry's stats yeah. before 21 and Tyler Hero's stats before uh, turning 21. So, I mean. That's like talking about Michael Jordan. Like, Michael Jordan didn't get into the league until he was 21. Like, I hate stats like that. Make it hot. But, yeah, um. Curl, Curl is good. Curl's good. Um, he was definitely the steal of the draft from this past year, but I think mm-hmm. Chase Young definitely deserved it. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, Chase Young won by a mile, but uh, I am excited to see what Carolina has a very young defense and very young team in general. So I'm excited to see where they I go agree. with that. You know who's like, what's crazy to see? Isaiah Simmons nowhere in talks of anything. And you remember like pre draft, we, we were all about him. I was and super I, high on him too. I thought Simmons it, was the. I thought it was the perfect player anything. because in today's NFL, you want to be able to to switch positions. And I feel like him being a hybrid, being able to go from linebacker to safety, I just thought he could play in any formation, um, nickel, 3-4, mm-hmm. 4-3. Three, four, four, three. No matter what it is, he's going to be on the field and be successful. He made a couple plays where he flashed that number eight pick, and it could have been a top five pick, where I'm like, okay, that's the guy. But all in all, it, it was a really disappointing season. I, I, don't think, I don't think that comes out of Isaiah Simmons, though. I, If I read it correctly, I remember hearing around – that it was more of the cardinal like when you have a guy like that you don't know exactly how to use them uh buddha baker he's a stud for them so they were just having trouble to find where they could plug in isaiah simmons just how the season was going uh i don't think i'm not you can't really say bust some people may argue i still think he's gonna show the flashes i think he's gonna pop out uh it just all depends on when they give him the shot and finding the right use for him I agree. Also, I think we'll, for the most part, agree. Uh, Derek Henry, Offensive Player of the Year, 2,000 yards, yeah, yeah. 30, a bunch of touchdowns. You can argue Kamara, but you, if you take away one of Kamara's games, two of his games, he doesn't have the same kind of numbers, you know? I, 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 no, I agree. I think I think if Devontae Adams is healthy for the whole season, I think do. that he wins it. Um, I think that those games, and it's not his fault, but I think as far as getting 2,000 yards in a year as a running back, um, 
I, I think that that's something special. Now, I'm not the biggest Derrick Henry fan, and I don't like when people call him the top running back because I don't think that he is. Because at the end of the day, if you watch the Tennessee Titans play, he gets force-fed, like extremely force-fed. He gets the carries. And if you look at his yards per carry, they're going to be, you know what I'm saying, four and a half, five yards a carry. But that's because if you look every two or three weeks, he'll bust out a 75-yard run, an 80-yard run, a 99-yard run. And it's because of that. But in the system that he in, all credit to him. I'm not I'm not blaming him. Um, the he, he deserves it. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, because I think that we can be in agreement for this. Is Derrick Henry a top three running back in the NFL right now? I think he's three. Right now? I think yeah. he's three. I think he's three right now. I think he's Kamara. three. Yeah. I think, I'm taking C-Mac and Kamara, and then I'm putting him third. You're putting him over Cook? Uh, you're gonna yeah. put him over Barkley when Barkley's healthy. I yeah. gotta see Barkley first. I gotta see Barkley. Yeah, first. that's my thing. Availability is the best quality. Quality. I agree. Quality. I agree. I say, I say right now. I I would say, Kamara and just off this past season, Kamara and Cook, because you know C Mac was hurt. Obviously Saquon was hurt. Uh, people people who give Zeke slander, I don't appreciate. I do think Zeke is a very good running back and. We've discussed on previous podcasts about how after losing Dak, you can pretty much just load the box and not have to worry about it. But I will say, I do believe Derrick Henry is three. The dude's a monster. Yes, he busts out those big runs. But there are games where, you know, games on the line. I think Tennessee had about four or five of these games. Games on the line, they need a touchdown to to go into overtime. And they'll drive down the field. They'll force feed Derrick Henry, but he makes it happen. No, you're they right, can't you're stop right. him, no, and then in overtime, he's a great running back. Yeah, and then in overtime, they just bait everybody in with the run, and then they'll just give a play action, just throw it to him, and he'll get a 40, 50 yard catch to set up for the game winner as well. Yeah, I mean you're completely right. I mean you're not going wrong if you got any of those guys, honestly. Right. But um, yeah, moving on. Uh, Herbert, Justin yes. Herbert, rookie of the year. Do you yes. guys agree? Yeah, I yeah. got Justin Jefferson. I mean, I if you're throwing the rock, though, uh, NFL loves if you're distributing the ball. So they'll really disrespect skill positions. They love the quarterback. I mean, and just the hype around Justin Herbert. That comes around to the whole Dak Prescott Ezekiel Elliott one as well. Ezekiel Elliott ran for 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns. Dak obviously had a great rookie year. Like, you can't deny he was a fourth round pick, but he was the quarterback of the most successful team, you know? Yeah. So that, I feel like Justin Jefferson's kind of in that kind of boat. Like he had a great year, so a bunch of records. I think it's like the best rookie season of all time. What? I think it was the best for a wide receiver. For a wide receiver. receiver. For a wide receiver. Oh, yeah. I was about to say. Oh, yeah, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Just yes or no. Just yes or no. Do you think we'll rhyme this for you too? Do you think if Dak Prescott does not get hurt, do you think C.D. Lamb is putting up those kind of numbers? I personally think he was because he was on yeah. track to have better numbers. Yeah. I think that he's up there, and I think. Arguably, he has better numbers, but I that's mean, just me. I mean, at the end of his time with Andy Dalton, he was connecting. Like, he had chemistry with him, you know? Right. Like, right, in his right, fifth, right. sixth game with Andy Dalton, he was going for 75 and a touchdown each week, it seemed like. So, right. I think definitely he would have at, le- at least had 1,100. And oh, six. for sure, because he, he was he was only a couple. He was, like, maybe 20, 30 yards away from 1K. So, I completely agree. I think he's up there around 1,300, in my opinion. But a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out. Justin Jefferson. I, I'm starting to really like him a lot more. Uh, he did that video on YouTube with uh, Destroying, the guy that kicks a lot. He, yeah. he said, uh, I mean, Destroying's going against Antonio Brown, a younger Des Bryant, Tyree Kill. He's out there saying Justin Jefferson's better than all of them. Granted, this guy's not in the NFL. He's right. not a professional. He can kick the hell out of football, though. But um, 
he's out here talking about Justin Jefferson was harder to cover than all of them. I mean, I, like, I, 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 said, I said coming out of college that Justin Jefferson on that LSU team, he was by far he was by far my favorite. His route running is insane. They always talk about it. also the gritty man, the touchdown <laughs> celebration. Uh, I'm not a big Madden guy. I'm not going to spend money on Madden, but I'll watch. I'll watch Madden videos. I'll watch NMG. I'll watch if you guys play Madden. The gritty better be in the next Madden. Jefferson's a beast. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I'm sick of that dance, man. People, people taking everything. Yeah, everybody like people do one thing. Like people from New Orleans do one thing, and the whole world takes it. Like it was. Let's see. Before the gritty, um, Odell had something else. I don't know. The whip, but no, it wasn't that. It was something else, like New Orleans, like the Dolphin. That's what it was, the Dolphin. But they didn't. I don't think they did it in like football. I don't think they did it in football games. It's just, man, I'm sick of seeing it. And then people suck at it, and it was already stupid looking to begin with. But maybe mm-hmm. that's the that's the old head in me. I miss real dancing. Yeah, why don't you remind the audience of your age? Yeah, everyone's thinking like fifty, bro. Bro, you act. I am. I'm, about, I'm thirty. I'm thirty-four. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm playing. I'm twenty-nine. I just turned twenty-nine. Bro, no, that's pretty old. Anyways, um, speaking of old men, Tom Brady. No, anyways, um, then the most controversial award. I don't agree with it. Aaron Donald, Defensive Player of the Year. T.J. Watt deserved it. No. Okay. I'm going to say Aaron Donald because, yes, you'll see the comparisons, them comparing numbers. Aaron Donald takes up two to three blockers a play. At least two. They're going to double team him every time. And I'm not not saying T.J. Watt didn't deserve it, uh, but Aaron Donald is consistently getting double team and triple team. Uh, So I understand why they did it. Uh, I do believe TJ should have won, but when you take into account the fact that Aaron Donald's constantly double teamed, triple teamed, uh, I see the NFL just favors stuff like that. Like, I think the NFL awards sometimes are the guy who should have won usually doesn't win. I, th- I think you might have actually just changed my mind, Grant. I didn't. I never thought about him getting double teamed, triple teamed more. I mean, I was I thinking wanna... pure statistically, but. Even looking at the stats right now, uh, pass defenses, TJ Watts got that, but he's also an edge defender, and if they're throwing out, he can jump, or an edge rusher, sorry. Um, yeah. Only a sack and a half more. I mean, yeah. I'll say if nothing happens, I think TJ Watt wins it next year. But it'll be and he very took that personally, he tweeted that. Yeah. yeah I, think, but... I, think, I, think, I think Watt, in my opinion, deserved it. I think, so there's two different things to this, and it's the same thing with the NBA. I think LeBron James is the best player in the NBA, and I think Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the NBA. But that doesn't mean that LeBron wins MVP. Aaron Donald, NBA defensive player. Rudy Gobert, get out of the way. So I think, I think, I think Aaron Donald is the best defensive player in the league, and I think that he's arguably one of the best defensive players of all time. Because up to this point, even when Strahan. Um, all of these guys, Lawrence Taylor, were in the league. It's not like they're facing the double teams and triple teams that he's facing. But as far as going off of defensive player of the year this year, we're talking about TJ Watt having 12 more tackles. He had one and a half more sacks. He had a nine more tackles for loss. He had 13 more pressures, quarterback pressures, getting back there to the pocket. He had 15 more quarterback hits. He had two less forced fumbles. He had six more pass defenses, uh, like Ryan said, and one more interception. And you're going to have the more interception dropping back into coverage and like what Watt does, getting up and hitting the ball down. Yeah. Um, 
and he's doing this in two less games. He's playing less downs and he's playing less games. Now, obviously, Donald is facing the double teams and triple teams and stuff like that. I understand that. But I think that most of this was was behind him being the first player to get it three times, like in a row. So I, I think, well, not in a row because Gilmore got it last year, being a three-time depoy. I think that's what it behind. Yeah, I think if you look at it, I think I think Watt deserved it in my opinion, but that's just how I look at it. Um, I man, I, I I'm still with Grant on like put it like this: whoever got it this year, I really would not have been mad even with Xavier Howard because Xavier Howard put up similar num similar numbers to um, Stephon Gilmore when he won it, and like people, I mean, granted, you got yeah, last year we got. TJ Watt, Aaron Donald, and Xavier Howard. Of course, um, more of the votes are going to go toward TJ Watt and Aaron Donald, but like Xavier Howard kind of deserved the award too. But the only reason I'm going with Aaron Donald, I guess, is just like the lineman in me and the fact that he does take on three blockers and the fact, I mean, TJ Watt, he did put up the stats, but I'm going to pick on Grant again. I want the same thing you said, um, Colton, because a lot of times we we do it more for the stats instead of doing it for who was the most important player for that team's defense. Who had the most impact on, and I guess what it boiled down to was who had the most impact on a successful defense because the Steelers, like, throughout the course of the season, like, they started off pretty well, and then despite J.J. Watt putting up, speaking of, I honestly, I think, Watt's numbers would have been lower had Bud Dupree and Devin Bush not have been hurt. I think about that. So he had to be the guy and, you know, it didn't really end up how people thought it would. Then you got the Rams who they didn't go too far in the playoffs, but they made the playoffs and people were, you know, kind of scared to go up against that defense because you got Aaron Donald eating up everything. You got Lyman worried about blocking for their quarterback and then you have the secondary. So like, the Rams were hitting on all cylinders. Actually, I don't know about the linebackers. The linebackers were sort of just standing there, but they were hitting on cylinders on the line and the secondary. So, and Aaron Donald was a key part of that because he was on the first level. So, I don't know. I'm happy for him, but again, I would not have been mad at if it was anybody else out of those nominations. You're right. We're all right, you know. Speaking of guys we're happy for, um, obviously, Hall of Fame comes out. Uh, Megatron, Calvin Johnson, wish he could have played longer. He might could have still been playing today. Um, Peyton Manning, Drew Pearson, Charles Woodson, um, all these guys, good for you, Hall of Fame. Uh, especially Drew Pearson, he's been waiting since like the 70s to get in. Um, oh. One of the greatest receivers in Cowboys history. Uh, he was on the all-decade team in the 70s. Like, he caught the original Hail Mary. Uh, all this, but um, shout out to all those guys that made the Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, but uh, speaking of awards, we're gonna transition into a different sport, which is basketball. Keith, take it away. All right, so the other day I got curious, um, and I started looking up random facts as I do from time to time. I looked in the NBA, you know, they have the NBA has like first team, second team, and I, I found out that. There was never really a third team all NBA until maybe the late 80s, early 90s. So instead of having people figure out like who's your favorite first team, and most of the time people would put, pick the team with like Kobe and Shaq in it or whoever else, all the other Hall of Famers in it, 
I wanted to take take it a step further and go third team to, to test people's basketball knowledge. So as I was looking through it, um, I found my favorite third team fairly quickly. And my favorite third team happened in 2005, 2005, 2006, where, um, the first team was Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Dirk, and LeBron. That's most people's favorite first team. But on that third team, you got Allen Iverson when he was on like the, the tail end of his career, but he was still putting up numbers. Gilbert Arenas, Agent Zero, enough said. Carmelo Anthony, enough said. Kevin Garnett, enough said. And Yao Ming, enough said. That's Those guys were on the third team. And like, it just had me thinking like, they don't make basketball players like that anymore because it's like you can look at that team and say wow they were really on on third team and then what you look at the this? other teams you said 06? 2005 2005 2006 right i mean so, yep. in, in, that, in that defense i feel like the argument you're trying to use is because they were really good like we think of their names as being absolutely amazing but right. you got to think i'm i don't know the stats right off the top of my head but Melo, that was only his second year in the league right or third year in the league or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a bunch of third teams I'm sure we could find that have a bunch of star players that just happen to be older or younger, you know? Like, all I'm right. not going to lie, the team I use. So, all right, so listen to the second. The second team was, and I, I guess I see what you're saying now, but the second team was Dwayne Wade, Chauncey Billups, Elton Brand, Elton Brand, of all people, I'm kind of mad about that, Tim Duncan and Ben Wallace. So that was second team. Elton Brand was, like, the only good player on the Clippers at the time. But this is when, like, People were embarrassed, embarrassed to be Clippers fans. Actually, what y'all got? T-shirt, you know. Shout out PG. Are oh, you PG thirteen on? Let oh. me transition. Hey, oh, sorry. I know you're about to go, Grant, but that's a perfect transition. My third team that I picked. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't look before 2010, just because I would have been scrolling to like the 50s. But um, shout out Sporkle. That, see, I, that you didn't even listen to me. They didn't have any third teams in the 50. 50s. Whatever, you know what I mean. No, I would have been scrolling all the way to the very beginning, debating this, that, and the other. But uh, mine is 2012-13. Okay, who I think the Heat were the Miami Heat big three was a big thing. You know, the Spurs were good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mavericks beat the Heat two years before. You know, these teams are starting to shape into stuff. My team has. Mm-hmm. My, I sound like Skip Bayless. Um, well, I lost my train of thought. Uh, my team has David Lee for the Golden State Warriors. I have PG-13 written down on my sheet, but he wasn't PG-13 yet. He was PG-24, I believe. 24, yep. Um, <laughs> uh, then I have Dwight Howard for the Lakers. Forgot that was a thing. Uh-huh. And then Dwayne Wade on the Heat and James Harden on the Houston Rockets. So this was Paul George's essential break to what he is now. The first time he got recognized, he was an all-star for the first time, first time on All-NBA. Granted, it was only like his third year in the league. Um, and then David Lee. Everyone forgets, before Steph Curry, there was this all-star that they had named David Lee. Uh, they also had Monte Ellis, all that stuff. But David Lee was the last non-Warriors. Like when we think of Warriors, we think Cl- Steph, Clay, Dre, Iguodala, Livingston, you know, that kind of team. Uh, hell, Andrew Bogut. God, I still can't believe he was on that team. But anyways, David Lee was on there. He was averaging 19, 12, and three and a half. 
Paul George, 17, seven and a half, four and two steals. Dwight Howard, 17 points, 12 and a half rebounds, one and a half assists, two and a half blocks. Dwight-esque numbers. And then we have Dwayne Wade averaging, you know, but granted he was the second option on this team. 21, five and a half, two steals, one block as a guard, a six foot five guard. Uh, shooting 52% from the field. And then James Harden averaging 26 points per game on the second team with two steals. Hard to beat that, you know? And um, the All-NBA first team that year was, it was um, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, LeBron James, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant. Yeah. You're not really going to beat that. No, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna follow up behind you since uh, you had a name that was in your third team. This guy's been on a few third teams. Goes by the name of Dwight Howard. I'm go back to 2007. Chauncey Billups, Dwayne Wade, Carmelo Anthony, Kevin Garnett, and Dwight Howard. Um, this was right when Carmelo was coming up. I mean. He averaged 29 points a game that season. Dwayne Wade averaged 27.4. Kevin Garnett, 22.4. And then Chauncey Billups, 17. And Dwight Howard, 17.6. But Chauncey Billups did average seven assists a game. Uh, both Kevin Garnett. Was Dwight still with the Magic then? Yeah, he was still that in the was last year. Yeah. And this was still, in, obviously, when Kevin Garnett was on the Timberwolves. Um, both Did Kevin you Garnett, on the that year? What's up? You said 07? Yeah, that's 2007. When did he go to the Celtics? 08? Nah. Like no, I was. I feel like that was later. Like, oh, nah, I think maybe. it was 09. I'm just look it he went to the Celtics in 2000. Yeah, right after this offseason. So he made the team, then he went. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't think we can go wrong with any of these teams, if, but I'm going to say if we're lining up, I think my team has it, but that's just me. Give me the give me the 0713 team to represent them. Yeah, so. I want to say when you said it. I'm, I'm, I'm 110% being biased when I do this. Um, so, like Ryan said, I think if you look at the third teams, you're going to look at teams that obviously have the big names, but I looked at it as where they were at their point in their career. Like you might find a team where like LeBron is second team or third team and be like, oh, that's automatically the greatest LeBron is on it. But you know, th- th- you got to think maybe LeBron wasn't first team at that time. So I'm going to, I'm going to go more recent. I'm going to go 2017, 2018. Um, my good. point guard, my point guard is Steph Curry. Um, Curry is Curry. Uh, Curry is Curry regardless. He 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 don't have down years. So Curry was Curry. Anyway. Shout out Keith. You hear that? You hear this? At, yeah, at that's the, cute. The, that's cute for him. At the, <laughs> at the second at the second guard spot, I had Victor Oladipo. Now this was the year after he got traded. The first year at the Pacers. So he went completely stupid this year. He went dumb. Um, at the other at my first forward spot, I got Paul George. Um, this was his first year in Oklahoma City. Now, obviously, in Oklahoma City, you can argue that he had his best years in Oklahoma City. He was an MVP candidate um, the year after this, but he still had a really good year in his first year. Um, at the next forward spot, a Minnesota Timberwolf, Jimmy Butler. Um, 
we, we don't celebrate Jimmy Butler at the Minnesota Timberwolves fan base. He left us out the dry. Um, he screwed us really over. Oh. Made us trade a certain bouncy young fellow named Zach Levine, who may or may not be putting up all-star superstar numbers this year. Uh, that sucks to see. Um, but Jimmy was still Jimmy. He had a great year in Minnesota. And at the center spot, um, arguably his best year, I'm going to go with, uh, we had Carl Anthony Towns on All-NBA 13. So we had two Timberwolves on the All-NBA 13. Uh, so you, you got don't claim one of them. Huh? Then you don't even claim one of them. Uh, no, All right, the disrespect. Uh, the disrespect. Jimmy Butler is a top five player in Timberwolves history. You said what? Ooh. Jimmy Butler is a top five player in Timberwolves history. He's about to slap you through the Zoom. No, Anthony Edwards is a top five Hell, Wiggins. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Edwards. <laughs> Give me Edwards over Butler because Edwards Wallace, would never do it like Wallace, that. Scissor, the scissors. 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 Okay. Scissors. But anyway. Sam Cassell. Yeah. Hey, I'm just telling you. Jimmy Butler is up there. If I'm looking at this team, Curry Kenny is Curry. Love. If I have Curry at the point guard spot, I'm confident <laughs> no matter who I'm playing. I've got Victor hey. Oladipo at the two. This is the first year he's traded back to, Menace, uh, to Indiana. I'm sorry. He had a breakout year at Indiana. Um, like averaging really big numbers. I've got Paul George, one of the best 3 and D players at the time, still one of the best 3 and D players. And I've got the teammate chemistry with Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns, the best shooting center of all time. Bro, I'm literally, I'm confident. I'm 100% confident with whoever I'm playing against. I mean, you can be confident. You know, you got the, what, second best player in Timberwolves history, Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Okay, I kind of want to talk, like, real quick, Jimmy Butler is a top seven, maybe six. Like, honestly, 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 yeah, Kevin Are you looking at what they contributed to the Timberwolves or the best player that played in a Timberwolves jersey? Oh, I mean, he made 13. He made 13. He beat the first team with his with with y'all's third string team he beat the first team and that's what you're saying your third team would do to the other first team no jimmy butler screwed us over so we don't claim jimmy butler he called y'all soft and y'all couldn't take it as far as a talent perspective he's definitely up there but as far as what he contributed to us and how he did us i don't claim him this is what jimmy butler did when he went to teams and he brought in his win mentality and the teams didn't react to it and he called him soft, he became a cancer, but he goes to the heat where they buy into his leadership and look no. what they do. That's selfish. That's selfish. Selfish. He's coming in and saying if that they have to be done his way, his way. That's why the Heat aren't making the playoffs right now, the Jimmy way. They're because not he's been hurt. Right they're not making the playoffs right now. The whole team's been hurt. And are they, are they, oh, how, now they're, they're hurt. Now they're hurt. Okay. No, they now have been hurt. Don't they have some record like where they're almost Mickey Mouse finals run. That's all I'm going to say. It was a Mickey Mouse finals run. It was a Mickey Mouse finals run. Hey, finals run is finals run. Have fun they made the playoffs. And then LeBron smoked them. They smoked them. <laughs> Showed them why they shouldn't have been there. Speaking of LeBron, happy birthday. Everybody else. Happy birthday to the GOAT. Hey, man. Moving on. Speaking of, like, Mickey Mouse finals running things that aren't legit, look at these transitions. Grant has a topic. Look at me. Look at Ryan. So inspirational, man. Grant, what's your topic? My bad, my bad. I was was waiting for you. So... I literally said it. My bad. I'm going to read something off to you. Utah Jazz started off this season 
four and four, and now they've gone on an 18 and 19 run. And yes, you can argue that they have had a soft schedule. They're number one in the West at 23 and five. Uh, their last four wins have came against Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, and Philadelphia without Joel Embiid, let me add. But they have lost to teams like the Nuggets. Uh, as of late, they got beat pretty bad. Uh, and they're about to go and play the Clippers and the Lakers here soon. Do the Jazz have a shot at being the number one seed in the West? And are they legit? And are they the no- number two team in the West? Number okay. one or two? I'm going I'm to start because this has been on my heart since you brought up the question. So one thing that I picked up on the Jazz is that now they have a point timeout before I, I say anything is Mike Conley healthy yes okay Mike Conley is healthy good to know alright so now if you notice if you go back through um, Utah Jazz history they always like fed their offense through their point guard and since Darren Williams Deron however you say his name the Jazz haven't really had a competitive point guard. I mean, they tried to rely on Donovan Mitchell, but at the time he was, what, a rookie and sophomore? And he did what he needed to do. He made the plays, but his plays were always mostly on defense. Now, I don't know, like, how much he can run an actual offense or how much, like, of a basketball IQ he has to run an entire floor. But now that they have that, I will say, senior or seniority leadership with Mike Conley at point guard and Donovan Mitchell has a lot more room to do what he does, um, I think I think they can go fairly far because if you think back with Darren Williams, he basically was the best player on the team. And he was like a true point guard, getting everybody involved. Involved, and then when you go way back before the wheel was invented with John Stockton, we already know what was rocking with him. Like they did, they went crazy. So maybe the thing with the Jazz is that they have a pretty good point guard. They can go pretty far. The only prayer is that Mike Conley stays healthy and everybody else stays healthy and they just keep it all together. Just going off of what you said, Devonta, about the point guard, Donovan Mitchell is averaging 24 a game. He's averaging 4.3 rebounds and 5.1 assists. Mike Conley's averaging 16.5 and 6 assists. He's leading the team in assists, Mike Conley is. I believe that this is statistically Mike Conley's best year. Mm-hmm. In a while. Since what? Since he was actually young? Mm-hmm. Statistically his best year since when? Since I, I think it's one of his best years of his career, honestly. I was about to say, Grit and Grind Grizzly was a Grit and Grind Grizzlies Mike Conley. I love that guy. On that, on mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jordan Clarkson's not going to lie, a good asset. Forgot about him, too. I believe their team. I believe the Jazz are a good team, but I do not believe they're the second best team in the West. I don't believe they're first. I don't believe they're two. I believe they may be four, maybe three, but because the success of the Utah Jazz comes from their three-point shooting, which has been absolutely insane. I believe they're averaging, uh, they're averaging around twenty made threes a game. Mm. But mm. when they are not shooting the three well they lose by 20. When they played the Nuggets, the Nuggets, I believe, shot 55% from three, which is something that 
the Jazz do, and the Jazz shot about 25 to 30% from three, like an average NBA team. What the Jazz are doing, they have great ball movement, uh, they have great three-point shooters, they have great playmakers, but I believe the drawback of the Utah Jazz is the fact that they don't have a scoring big man. They have plenty of shooters, but they have Rudy Gobert who averages 13.9 points a game. Yes, he averages he averages almost more rebounds than he does points. Which from his standpoint as a center, which is great. That's what they need out of him. Yeah, they need that out of him, but I just believe his lack of scoring underneath the basket and him not being a scorer in general is the reason why the Jazz can are not going to be able to make that next step. So you are 2015 Atlanta Hawks. That's a pretty good point because when Darren Williams was playing, they also had Al Jefferson to help him out as a pretty good scoring big man. And now that I think about it, they really they question. don't all of their all of their big men. Old man, I have a question. I have a question. I have a question. Was it Carlos Boozer on those teams as well? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So like he was he was a rebounder, but he was he could also score. Like eventually, like the older he got, the more he got with like mid range and stuff. But he was like the grinder for offensive rebounds and defensive rebounds. But he could also figure out like a more creative way to score rather than just lay it up, you know, back to the basket type thing. Like. Both him and Al Jefferson can do that. So it was, I, I see what Grant is saying because you got Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert, Ekpe Udo, and probably somebody else. And what can they do? Block and rebound. And like, if you can shoot, that's what you want somebody to do. Like, that's their ministry. You need to rebound the ball when I miss the shot. But when it all comes down to it, if everybody's closing out on everything, what can you turn to? And Donovan Mitchell can only drive to the basket so many times before he gets tired and you have to, you know, get somebody else. My take is I think the Jazz will go to the conference finals. And I'm saying this, I like the Clippers, I like the Lakers, like hell, even the Trailblazers are top. They are number, they're the four seed right now. Suns look good. Obviously if Golden State gets in, they're gonna be a little bit dangerous because Steph Curry. You know, uh, I think that the Jazz will be legit as long as obviously they can keep shooting the three ball, as you said, over and over and over. They can keep shooting at a high rate. As long as Rudy Gobert, if they play the Lakers, can stop or manage Anthony Davis, um, they're going to have to. It's, it's, it's the basic stuff. I think that the Jazz will be a top I'm going to say a top two seed behind the Lakers. I think they'll be the number two seed behind the Lakers in the West. I think that they are going to keep this up because one of the things that I feel like hurts the Jazz is that it's the Utah Jazz. Nobody, like, you, when you think of NBA cities, you don't think of Utah. Or what do they play? Salt Lake City? I'm not really sure. I just know State of Utah. Um, you don't really think of that. And I think them not having any fans they're not being fans at games helps them out a lot because there's nobody essentially going against them. And it's more of a neutral, natural environment for them because I don't know, maybe I'm going on a tangent here, but I think the Jazz are legit. I like the Jazz. I love Donovan Mitchell's. Ever since he, uh, Grayson Island tripped him back when Grayson Island was doing that every night to a different player and Donovan Mitchell like pushed him down. I love Donovan Mitchell. He deserved Rookie of the Year. Did he get Rookie of the Year? Who was 
No, no, Ben Simmons got Yeah, he took that personal too. He's an all-star. Rudy Gobert is going to be all NBA third team because he averages 100 blocks a game. He literally shut down the whole league. Shout out Corona. Um, you know, I think the Jazz are legit. Uh, I think obviously Lakers are going to make it. I think maybe even the Clippers can make it. But I honestly, if the Jazz were to beat the Clippers, if you were to go in the future and tell me that, I would believe you. But I, the Jazz are legit. That's all I got to say. Um, no, no, hell no. I'm saying no. Um, I think they have pieces that are great for a championship roster. Um, I think Rudy Gobert is perfect for what they're doing. I, I personally don't think they need a, a, a dynamic score at the five. If you look at these teams that are very good in the West, the Lakers, uh, when they won the finals last year, their centers were Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee. They grabbed rebounds. They were athletic. They played defense. You look at the Clippers. Um, last year, they had Zubak and they had Montrez Harrell, not the most dynamic scores. Um, on the other side, Bam is a great score, but at the end of the day, he's in there to his main qualities. He's, he can guard one through five. He's going to grab rebounds. Um, the Celtics don't have a dynamic scoring center. Um, the Bucks don't have a dynamic scoring center. Um, if I'm looking at it, I mean, the Timberwolves do, and the Timberwolves are never good. Um, the Sixers do, and the Sixers game plan doesn't work because they're doubling Joel, and at the end of the day, nobody else can step up. I think that they have everything they need, but at the end of the day, um, it, it's it's a stars league. It's a guards league, and it's a star league. Um, Rudy Gobert has historically been absolutely god-awful terrible against Anthony Davis. Um, Anthony Davis has some of his best nights against Rudy Gobert, and you can say that. What, what, what was that whole little quote? He's been historically, absolutely gone. He's amazingly historically god awful, terrible, absolutely awful. <laughs> that man remembered exactly what he said. That's crazy. He meant this because I, I don't like he, he he's he's one defensive player of the year all of these times. Um, you know, but when it comes to playing against stars, he doesn't really step up. Um, I personally think that Rudy Gobert is extremely overrated. I don't think he's a top three center. I don't think he's a top four center. Um, is he top five? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know because I'm taking five. Pat MB, I'm taking Pat MB, Bam over him for sure. Taking those four. And right now, I'm taking Nikola Vucevic over him. So, I mean, that's Easily. fine. Right that's there. no question. Mm -hmm. that, right now, Vucevic is averaging 24 and he's an all star. I'm taking look how magic. The magic is doing, but it kind of throws a monkey wrench in, in your tape because magic are surprising people. I, I don't know if it's like, noticeable but like they're doing a little better than what people thought they could so i don't know maybe they'll prove me wrong i doubt it but no i think i think you're right too. i think you're right i think you're extremely right because i think I, I i'm not saying that teams with good scoring centers will not be good i think that teams with good scoring centers will not be as successful in the playoffs because i think in the playoffs mm -hmm. you had time to scheme a defensive scheme and do what you need to do like when the timberwolves got into the playoffs cat faced double teams joel and b I, it was like that last year. I guarantee you this year. They added shooting. It does not matter. They will leave with Danny Green and Matisse Thibel shooting threes before they let Joel Embiid go one-on-one -on -one against any set in the East. Mm -hmm. So they're going to double him. That's just how it's going to be. But going on. Wait, 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 wait. Cole, 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 Cole. When's the last time I made the playoffs? Uh, oh, he's coming out. He by Grayson yeah. Allen, right? In the postgame, like, Look, um, I'm gonna be honest with you. I think that you're a superstar on this. Like, like, 
We are having another like prove something to Shaq. At the end of the day, Donovan Mitchell's a bucket. Are we good? Hello. Hello. Yeah, now. Yeah, now we are. Okay, my fault. I, I, I said something and my I think it's too video. When's the last time y'all made the playoffs? Because you just said okay. something I don't want to talk about. When's the last time y'all made the playoffs? The demons. Timberwolves. Are you talking about the Timberwolves? Yeah. Uh, twenty eighteen. Butler was on your team because I'm looking right now and he was. Yeah, yeah twenty eighteen. It was twenty eighteen. We played the Rockets in the first round and lost to the Rockets. Shout out Jimmy Butler. Excuse me, we lost to James Harden, not the Rockets. We lost to James Harden. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, but um, too. all all I said basically just to sum it up, just really quick. Um, I'll take it back to before what you said, Ryan, about him getting tripped. I think before that, um, when Shaq called him out and said, "Look, I I basically don't think you're a superstar in this league," um, and Donovan Mitchell's just like, "Okay," like he doesn't say anything. He doesn't try to disrespect him. All he all he literally says is, "Okay." Sounds good. Since then, he's been going on a tear. He kept him put in his back pocket. He did. Um, I think Mike Conley's arguably an all-star this year. Um, mm. Joe Ingles is shooting the, the lights out. Uh, Bogdanovich is shooting the lights out. Um, coming off the bench, like Grant said, Jordan Clarkson will be sixth man of the year. He's balling. Um, Quinn Snyder is one of the best coaches in the league. But at the end of the day, I think when it comes into the playoffs, when you have time to, to devise a defensive scheme, I think it's a star's league. And until they add that piece – other than them, I don't think they'll be better than the Clippers. I don't think they'll be better than the Lakers. I don't think that they'll be better than the Nuggets. Um, Trailblazers. Trailblazers. I like the Trailblazers. I need to see the Trailblazers play 100% healthy with CJ back. CJ's yeah. going to be out for some time. I need to see CJ, Dame. Um, I need to see Nurkic get back healthy. Um, they've got Robert Covington. I like him a lot. I just need to see all those pieces come together, but I agree. I think they have the names. I think that the Jazz can win a first-round game. Second round, I don't think that they win in the second round. But. but with how deep the West seems to be this year with number two caliber teams, I would believe there's three, four teams that could, honestly, you could put it number two, and I'd be like, all right. Uh, I believe you put the Trailblazers healthy up against the Jazz healthy and you let them game plan for one another for a seven-game series or for a best-of-seven series, and it's Dame time. I think it is, too. It's Carmelo. I agree. Covington shoots the three when he has to, and he does it well. And I'm, I'm really good defender. A lot of people over the Jazz in a best-of-seven fully healthy. The Jazz don't have great individual defenders, but they play great team defense, and I will give them that. They're top five in offense and all defense this year. Pause. You can't say they don't have great individual defenders. Rudy Gobert is an elite. I'm talking about Rudy Gobert is an exceptional defender, but if I'm looking at guard play, semantics, man. Semantics. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, neither one are really known for their defense. Donovan Mitchell is extremely long. Pause. He's long. He's going to be able to pass lanes and be able to. Somebody clip it. Colt said it. Clip it. Uh. But as far as, like, Joe Ingles and Bogdanovich, like, come on, let's be real. They're on the court to do one thing, and one thing only. And that's to shoot the basketball, and that's to shoot it at a high clip. Not out there to play defense, but they, the communication, whatever Quinn Steiner's doing is working. So I, I'm not hating them. They play great team defense. You know who else uh, is really good at defense? Look at these transitions. Uh, not necessarily anymore. But, uh, Quinn, I really like what you were saying. Sorry that we're giving shit on Jimmy Butler. <clears throat> you know who reminds me a lot of Jimmy Butler? Look at these double transitions. Draymond Green. Jimmy Butler is that nitty-gritty defensive, doesn't score all the points, does what the teams, like, ask him to do, doesn't have a problem. Draymond Green does that, too. 
Draymond isn't the Draymond we all know. But he's someone that the league is starting to like. And by the league, I mean the players. Right? You should probably mean... Yeah. The players. I don't know. Where, 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 where does heel turn come from? That's what you're saying. Yeah. Where does heel turn come from? Even for myself, as, as a basketball fan, um, as a OKC fan when Russ and KD were there, and now I, I guess I would say I'm a Wizards fan because Russ went there. I was never a Rockets yeah. fan because we're not going to get on that. I was yeah. never a fan of Draymond Green necessarily uh, just because I like watching basketball when they're playing good basketball. And Draymond Green just is – I just – he's annoying. But after what he said, which you'll probably get into this, uh, he's definitely gone up on my list of favorite players, not favorite, likable players. Uh, a lot more respect for him as a player. Yeah. Um, so ultimately, if you don't know what we're talking about, a few nights ago, uh, what was it? Monday night? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Monday night. <clears throat> yeah. Regardless, Draymond was essentially going out there talking about Andre Drummond, and basically, Andre Drummond's been in trade rumors for the better part of what three weeks, almost a month now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Andre Drummond was out there for warm-ups or whatever. He got told, nope, you're not going to play. And he's like, why? And they're like, well, because we're probably going to trade you. Draymond's biggest problem with that, which I, I 100% agree with, he's like, you want the players to act professional. Drummond was pissed because he loves the game of basketball. You want to go out there and play. And guys, four score people, if you guys correct me if I'm wrong when I say anything. But uh, Draymond starts going off. He's like, you got guys like Harrison Barnes got pulled out of a game because he got traded. How is, Harrison, yeah. how is Harrison Barnes supposed to feel about that when that happens? He gets taken out. He's like, why did he get taken out? Well, you got traded. Like, why, like, But they're supposed to act professional, act like athletes. You know, Anthony Davis got fined. This is what he was saying. Got fined a few years ago for asking for a public, for publicly asking for a trade. Mm-hmm. But yet, teams can go out there to Andre Drummond, Harrison Barnes, and say, yeah, like, we're trying to trade you. They're on the trade block. Like, what do you want for them? The players know that that's happening. And yeah, they might say, like, I don't listen to the media. But when you're like, when you're about to have to move houses, move your family, move your kids out of a school, you hear stuff like that, you know? But these players are supposed to act professional, like it doesn't bother them. And that's the problem Draymond has. It's the double standard that comes from the team owners, or as they're called governors now, and how they have all this authority, the teams have all this power and authority, and they don't have to show the same respect and responsibility that the players have to. Like, you're going to get mad at the players for requesting a trade, like Anthony Davis, the league will, and yet you're going to go out there and let them talk about how they want to trade Andre Drummond for a month. He's going out there every night, potentially risking his career, just to maybe get traded, and it's all for nothing, you know? That's the problem. Draymond Green was going off and off and off. And it's about a, what, three and a half minute clip, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Draymond was pissed. What do y'all think about this? So I, one thing that I noticed, like, I don't know what's been going on, but like people have been noticing how how inconsistent the NBA has been. Like before they were known as like the progressive, quote unquote, sports league. But honestly, now that I think about it, I think they were trying to bounce back from that whole What's that guy's name? He used to be the former former owner of the Clips. Clippers. Anyway, they were trying to, yeah, 
Sterling. They tried to bounce back from that, so they tried to be more progressive. But then on the business end, they're pretty much just like any other sports league. Like, excuse me, all these players are treated somewhat like items. Like they forget that they drafted actual humans with with lives and things to think about. Like, I gotta uproot my kids again. I gotta uproot my family again. Um, without I mean, Demar Derozan, without... sorry to interrupt. Demar Derozan was traded from Toronto mm-hmm. to San Antonio. Clear across the world, pretty much. Y'all and... seen the interview with Derrick Rose where he was in the middle of an interview when he gets the call from his agent, letting him know he's been traded, and he's bawling because he doesn't know what he's gonna do. It was mm-hmm. right after his like knees had he was finally healthy from his like his knees and all that. So he's stressed because he doesn't know what to do. He don't know what to do about his kids. So that's all. That's yeah. my comment. It's just, you think about stuff like, and honestly, like, I feel like we as fans, like sometimes we forget about that. Like the trades look cool from like a fan perspective. And like, you know, you get to, thank you. You get to see, you get to see them on, you know, TV, see them play with another group, but you forget about the aspect of the game. Like they have to be completely- too. Not even that, but they got to build a completely new chemistry. And then when they start to falter off and they don't have that chemistry again, they say, oh, he fell off, blah, 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 all that stuff. So, I don't, like, we were talking about Draymond before. Like, I thrive off negativity. It has nothing to do with me. And Draymond was full of that, so I love him for it. But he, he, like, his heel turn is like, he's, I love the fact that he's the one that's outspoken enough to say what everybody else is thinking or is scared to scared to say it because their owners are not as progressive as they think so Draymond was like well I'm gonna say what I have to say and like now hopefully people looked at that not as Draymond's trying to draw attention to himself or like Draymond's just trying to stay in the news but more so like yo maybe what he's saying is right because imagine if like like I teach now like what if I just walk in the office one day and they said like I gotta teach in a school in Iowa and like, granted, they give they probably give me the money to move, but I'm like, bro, why didn't you like tell me like give me a hint like I was about to move? They was like, I don't know, you can either take it or leave it and quit. So my choice is either go with it or argue it down, which probably causes less money, or I can just like retire. But at so, the same time, they can do that to you. But if you were to go, I don't like teaching at this school, then you left. The they school. got a problem. Like you gave up on yeah. the school. Yeah, and that that goes like the the community, the fans, the kids. So like it's 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 the same it's the same thing. Like professional sports, I mean, obviously, I don't get paid. Obviously, I don't get paid like a professional athlete. But like it's it's some it's some lineup right there. Like because I work for somebody, that's that's just how it goes. I mean, it's I don't know. It's crazy. But shout out to Draymond for standing up for the little man, the little I big think- man, whatever you want to call it. This, this whole thing, uh, we talked about not too long ago how Chris Paul is the president of the Players Association. I think honestly with all this stuff, because Draymond does do a lot of stuff. Like you always see the clips of him teaching the younger guys. With like, And there's even been times where guys not on his team, he'll be like, yo, you need to get in here, do this, that, and the other. Like you need to get your head right. You need to be looking here. Like you see, he's a great teammate. Nobody has ever said Draymond's a bad teammate. He, he loves a, the game. He did get a tech for yelling at. He got a tech for yelling at his own teammate because he was just trying to teach him. I think it was yeah. Jan. He has like a tough love boy. And I think honestly, when Chris Paul retires, I think honestly, Draymond will be the president of this players association with everything that's gotta be. happened with him. Gotta be. When I get, when but, we get in trouble 
if I were to play, because you were talking about the Draymond Green clip, and I went to the actual interview and I found the one moment you're talking about, we can actually hear it. I mean, go ahead and play it. We can play that, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll give it courtesy. Okay, okay. Okay, this is Draymond Green speaking out on players on the trading block. I guess that's giving credit. Because as a player, you're the worst person in the world when you want a different situation. But a, but a team can say they're trading you, and that man is to oh, stay. He is to stay professional, and if not, his career is on the line. At some point, this league has to protect the players from embarrassment like that. You know, we talk all of this stuff about you can't do this, you can't say that publicly. If you say that publicly, you're fine. Anthony Davis got fined, I think, $100,000 or something like that for demanding a trade publicly. But you can say Andre Drummond is getting traded publicly and we're looking to trade him publicly and he's to stay professional. That was just the... So, you know... Volumes. You know what's crazy? You remember we were talking probably last week about this whole situation with Deshaun Watson and like how he could possibly sit. He could possibly sit or... And then like now... We well, we posted a question on our Instagram. Come check us out for the score sports. Check out the game. We talked about where would JJ Watt land, and JJ Watt specifically said exactly what Deshaun Watson was saying. And everybody had a problem with what Deshaun Watson was saying. Like he didn't. He thanked the fans and all this stuff. He just said like I might need a better situation. Yeah, and then JJ Watt said the same. JJ Watt saying it, but when Deshaun Watson says it. They're gonna say no. He's he's trying to give up. He's trying to like leave us. Exactly. And now it like it's crazy. But like when Draymond, it, it's I don't know why this is a recurring theme. It's like people forget again that the players are humans. So now that when they have human thoughts, like maybe I want to market myself better by going to the best situation for me because the team has been doing what they want to do for them to help make their team better to help bring their team championships to help make money at the very least. So like, why not, why can't I not do the same for me? And it's, it's kind of crazy. Like, like you said, that double standard, like the players kind of want to do the same thing to them. So like they even need to find middle ground or just let the players be like, let them do their thug fizzle. You know, it's a bit, it's a business at the end of the day. They don't, I mean, you gave them money. They, they did their service, let them go. Shout out Draymond. Not everybody's the biggest Draymond fan, but after Monday night, I think everybody's a little bit more of a Draymond fan. Um, Another big thing going around in the basketball world, um, college basketball. I'm not a Duke fan. Grant's not a Duke fan. Keith, I don't know what you are. You're you're just a hater. That's about it. He's just hanging out with us. Yeah, he just hangs out. You know who we all are fans are? We all are fans of words are hard. NC State women's basketball. And don't forget next week, at least if your name's gonna be on the show. I know I'm excited for it. is everybody else. Yay! Anyways, but um in the men's world, not as fun, honestly. If you have a problem <laughs> with that, like literally I'll talk to you all day about this. The women are much more fundamentally skilled. They're just not as hey Kobe Bryant said if he, Kobe Bryant says you gotta listen. Anyways, 
in the dookie world over there, you know, the biggest quitters and cheaters, whatever. Oh. What's going on there, Colt? Let me hear it. You're a Duke fan. Let me hear it. Yeah, see, hear it. I'm, on. A huge, I'm a huge Duke fan. I go to state, but um, I grew up as a as a diehard Duke fan. So Don't I, drop your teams. I like it. I, I respect um, it. I'm not going to automatically yeah, or whatever. But basically, um, Jalen Johnson, for those of you who don't know who Jalen Johnson is, Jalen Johnson was is a former top five recruit um, in the class of uh, 2000. Was it 2020? Yeah. So 2020. Um, he's a freshman this year. He committed to Duke. Um, Jalen Johnson has been riddled by injuries. He's been back for a couple games. Um, I think he's played about six or seven games after his injury. Um, he played uh, eight minutes against NC State when Duke played NC State. And after the game, or at, not after the game, the after effects of the game, he came out and he said, or Duke basketball also announced it, that he was going to forfeit the rest of his college eligibility. He's going to sit out for the rest of the year. Um, and he's going to prepare for the NBA draft. So <clears throat> before I pass it to you guys, I'm going to, I'm going to say something because I'm a huge Duke fan. Um, I'm a huge Duke fan, and this honestly uh, made me feel some type of way. So me personally, um, I I understand that as a college basketball player, you are not getting paid to play basketball, and at the end of the day, you do not owe anybody anything. You're they want you to come play, um, and I think that that's something to be said. Me as a person who has played sports my entire life. These three guys have had some type of affiliation, whether they've been playing, coaching, teaching. It's been a part of their lives for as long as they can tell. And I'm, I'm in some type of way, they should probably feel the same way that I do. Whether it's sports, homework, uh, a project, cleaning the dishes, it doesn't matter. If I set out to do something, then I'm going to finish it. And that, that that's, just, that's just how I am. That's the competitive nation in me. I'm a competitor. So I don't care if you line me up against Ryan. Ryan is a great swimmer. I don't swim a day Thank in my you. life. If you line me up against Ryan and say, you need to beat you need to beat his ass in swimming right now. Yeah. I probably won't, but I swear to God, I'm going to try my hardest. I'm going to yeah, try my hardest. Now, with these, two, with these guys who have played sports, at least with me personally, when you step on that field or that track, that that court, whatever it is, those teammates, those are your brothers. You're in, you're going to war. Those are your guys. For till, till the clock, till, till it's the bottom of the night, three outs is over, till it's zeros on the fourth quarter, the second half, whatever it is for college basketball, you're going to war. And you'll do anything for those guys. Now, especially with Duke, what Duke preaches is brotherhood. When you commit, it's a brotherhood. These are your guys. For example, you see Zion Williamson, Cam Reddish, and R.J. Barrett. For six months, it's the brotherhood. You would think those are three big, big brain guys. Like, we're going to go here and be the main guy. Even when they play in the NBA, you can tell it's a brotherhood. They When when, when Zion and RJ both got drafted, the excitement they had for each other when they got drafted and when Cam got drafted, same way with, uh, with Kobe White and Cam Johnson. The excitement they had for these guys, these are their guys. These are their brothers. So in my opinion, in college basketball, for a prestigious university such as Duke University, Duke obviously is not the best. I'm going straight off of the effect that he is unhappy with how he's producing the minutes that he's getting, considering he just got eight minutes against NC State, not scoring the ball, maybe he's unhappy. In my opinion, I understand Duke is not the best. But at the end of the day, Ryan, Grant, Keith, at the end of the day, if you're playing a sport and you're with those guys and you're down 20 in basketball, if you're down, you're getting mercy ruled in baseball, you don't give up. You're going to keep on going. That's just, that's just the, again, that's the competitor in me. So for me, in my opinion, when it's February, what are we, two weeks away from the ACC tournament? 
Duke is not the best. Duke is definitely not the best. I'm not arguing that. But they play, they, they absolutely wax for Wake Forest tonight. They play Virginia and Florida State. The ACC tournament is right around the corner. With how the ACC basketball looks right now, anyone can win the ACC tournament. Anyone yeah. can make a run and win the ACC tournament. In my it's opinion, NC State. for you to quit two weeks in to the ACC yeah. tournament, then having March Madness, it is extremely soft. It is selfish. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Because when you look at Cade Cunningham, the number one recruit, he committed to Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State got into trouble for some kind of violations, and they're not allowed to play in the NCAA tournament this year. At that point, they gave him an option. His dad is the coach, gave him an option, said, look, if you want to go play for somebody and compete for an NCAA tournament, do that. He said, I'm saying true to my commitment. The next two recruits, Jalen Green and Jonathan Kuminga, they they didn't want to do that. They went straight to the G League. They're playing for Team Ignite. If you want to do that, go for it. Go, honestly, go for it. NBA, they'll get you ready for the draft. You'll be pre better prepared for the NBA, in my opinion. That's completely fine. But if you make a commitment, to any school for that matter. It don't even got to be Duke. If it's NC State, Harvard, damn Butler. I don't care what it is. If you make a commitment, you form bonds, you form relationships, those are your brothers. And when times get rough, you're not getting the minutes that you want or or the, the outcomes are not looking like they want to look like and you quit. It, in my opinion, it's selfish. It's soft. Um, I wish him nothing but the best. He's, he's a projected lottery pick. I hope he goes to a good team and, and, and he produces very well. But at the end of the day, I think that this is extremely soft. I'm going to let you guys take it from here. It upset me because it's honestly one of the most selfish things that I've seen in a while. But you guys can so take I, it. I don't know how to follow up on that. Colton, your speech made me want to run through a brick wall. I wasn't expecting that answer. What's up? Wait, I was about to cry. Man, you're going to make a hell of a coach, man. I, swear. I, don't I was just going to raise my hand. I was like, oh, I'll go. And Colton's like, I got something small to say about it. Goes on a five-minute rant. Brings us I like two. it. The f I completely hey, let's go jump him. Like just because Colt says so, let's go jump him. What, what you like. said, Colton, I completely agree with. Uh, he quit on his team. Duke is a prestigious basketball school. They are, they are almost always good. They're always competing for a championship, not just ACC championship, but a championship. And I do completely agree. I believe it is the fact that Duke is not producing and the route to the championship seems a little hard that he doesn't want to put in the work. He realized it's a little harder than I thought it'd be. We're, like you said, a few weeks away from the ACC championship. You can opt out a week, two weeks into the season because you don't even know the team two weeks into the season. You know yourself, you know how you're feeling. Like if it ain't feeling right, you opt out, but you don't sit and go through over half the season, 75% of the season go, you know what? Things aren't looking good right now. You know what? I don't want my name to be on this list with this team. So I'm going to back out. I'm going to go do my own thing, go prepare for the draft. You don't do that. You sign up for it. If you get to a certain point, there is no turning back. The option was given to opt out and he didn't. So the fact he opted out as late as he did makes him soft and does make him a coward. I completely agree with you. Slander is tolerated. Yeah. Um, all the homies hate Jalen Johnson. For one, so for one, I kept thinking about like we go back to all the Duke one and dones, and like you know I used to hate, not really hate, but like this is me being like academically big brain teacher guy, like well dog, like they don't care about school, they for real just went to school to play basketball, and in all actuality, yeah, I mean ain't no ain't no problem with that, but with Jalen Johnson, just for one, I'm a, I'm gonna say this. 
I did not, I don't know what was going on in John Shire's head, but uh, hot take, he, to me, he dropped the ball with his recruiting class. Like I get, they were highly touted and they were probably good at whatever they did at whatever AAU tournament, whatever high school they went to, they were probably good there. But like, bro, I'm not, I'm not seeing it for these guys. Now, granted they beat state, whatever, but with Jalen Johnson, I feel like same thing you guys said. He should have, if he didn't, if he wasn't, I feel like you know you want to stick with a team within the first two weeks of practice. Like, you should know that. But, like, he stuck with it, and then he just left in the middle of the season. And to be honest, Jalen Johnson has a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot to prove. So with him saying that he's he's leaving to, like, prepare for the draft, bro, I don't – that's a lot of preparation. Like, to me, that's a lot of preparation. I don't know – how far he's going to get. Again, I'm not seeing it. I don't know how he's going to do. I, I hope, I wish for, I wish the best for him, but uh, bro, I'm not seeing it. And like going back to what you said about Kay Cunningham, I was actually surprised that he stuck with it. But like you said, that's the part that kind of made me want to run through a, a brick wall. You said he just wanted to fight. He said, all right, I'm going to see it through. I'm going to see it through to the end. And I feel like Jalen Johnson should have just did that. I mean, we're right here at the ACC tournament, and nine times out of ten, because of all the politics that goes in the March Madness, Duke will probably sneak in with a spot. Somehow, some way, they'll probably sneak in with a spot. So, like, he would have had at least a chance to to play in an NCAA tournament. But again, he right. has not proven much of anything. So whatever they got to do to, to help him prepare for the draft, they have their work cut out for him for sure. I agree. I don't blame Jalen Johnson. I hate oh. Duke. Colt, we watched the Carolina Duke game that past two years. You see me, I root harder against Duke than I probably pull for other teams. I'd rather Duke lose. If Duke loses, America wins. I don't blame Jalen hey. Johnson. Um, and the only reason I don't blame him is I'm going to use a Zion Williamson thing that I use every single time. Jalen Johnson's going to go to the NBA. He's too talented not to. He'll be a what? Absolutely, absolute latest top 10 pick. Right? No. He'll be a lottery pick. Yeah, he'll be a lottery pick. That's what I meant to say. I don't know why I said top 10. Which, well, lottery is what, 13? But anyways. <clears throat> yeah, 13. Um, or 15. What happens if this foot injury is super serious and he comes back hurts again? Zion Williamson, what happens if that game against Carolina, he... When his shoe broke, he breaks his ankle, can't ever play basketball again. Mm-hmm. I think that this comes down to the Zion Williamson thing, which is if he gets hurt, can never play again, he has absolutely nothing. Why risk it? And then also the second part that can fit, fix all this stuff, the one and done's and everything to an extent, let kids come out of high school. Zion Williamson was ready out of high school. Cade Cunningham was probably ready out of high school, you know? Everyone's like, no, 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 no. It would diminish the legacy of college basketball. Well, this was allowed. You can co- you could come out of high school until, what, 06? Amari Stoudemire was, like, the last big name, right? What? No. Was it? No, no. It was Sean Livingston was after him, and then it was yeah. – Oh, J.R. Smith was before, after. I don't know. But, it was, but like, around that time, anyway. 06, 07, yeah. 04, 05, whatever. Yeah. Let them come out of high school. If they're not ready, then they're not ready. That just sucks, but they're going to be in the NBA. Like, there's like these guys aren't going to get drafted because they're not good. Like, honestly, honestly, Colt, you tell me. I want your answer. 
How much did Zion Williamson improve from playing at Duke? Like, I don't know if he did. Did he shoot? I, I, I'm going to kind of, I know you asked for Colton's response. In high school, uh, Zion went to a, I mean, he balled out in AAU, but he went to a private school in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, How far away was that from your house? Uh, 20, 25 minutes. Uh, Shout out Grant. Shout out Polk County. I can say going to the games, the tallest kid that he probably faced was in high school school was six, three, maybe, maybe six, six foot, some skinny white boy that has to wear uniform every day. Where's it to class, bro? It's game day. Who has daddy's money and mama's money paying for all his stuff for paying for his school. He goes to a school called Oak Brook, which everyone who goes there calls Joke Brook. That's who he's playing <laughs> in. He all wasn't right, playing by, so they had to see if he could actually play up to the college level. So I believe he did prove something while he was there. But I do understand your argument as well, Ryan. Yeah, I mean, in on all honesty, I could argue against myself on this because you got guys like Nasir Little from Carolina. He would have been a top three pick probably that year, right? He played at what Carolina, year? couldn't compete. He went. He fell from arguably a top five pick to oh, top, yeah. to what number twenty five to the Blazers. He had he's had one good game lately. That's all I've heard of him. But then you got other things like from that same same exact team. Kobe White from Carolina, probably thinking he's a two, three-year player. Comes out, balls out, great point guard, can play for Roy Williams, which is hard to do. He becomes what? The, he was the sixth pick to the Bulls, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Somewhere around he there. He was higher than what I like Cam, Johnson. Cam Johnson was going to go work at a bank. My grandma calls all the guys at the end of the bench the bankers and the lawyers, the GPA boosters, whatever, in college basketball. Like, I don't know if they are. They are, they are. If they're not, they're not. Like, good for them but cam johnson was gonna go work at a bank he was gonna go do whatever his degree got him but he went in and became a lottery pick and he's balling out he's averaging 12 a game shooting 40 percent from three i think ultimately they need to pay the college players yeah, you pay him with a scholarship. Yeah, you pay him with this, that, and the other. But if Zion, like Zion, every single time it's going to come back to that. If Jalen Johnson were to go out, never be able to play again after this, if he doesn't do this, who knows what happens in his next game? Who knows what happens in the ACC tournament? You know, freak injuries happen all the time. Look at Derrick Rose. You know, look at Sean Livingston. I don't necessarily blame him. Yeah, I think it might be like quitting, but I think only, the only reason everyone looks at it as quitting, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, we've all seen the thing about Cole Anthony. He had, an, he had an injury, or a foot injury, I believe, right? And he came back and still played in the last few games of Carolina's worst season in 30-some years. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the only reason, because Carolina and Duke are such big rivals that they're saying Jalen Johnson is such a quitter. I don't blame him. Make your money. I yeah, I feel that too. I'm, but at I'm the same time, it just, to, I'm not gonna disagree with you. It, oh, I was like, just gonna he, go say ahead, go he ahead. just he, he just he's he's not good. Like I don't I get like he wants to do for. So all right, I said I actually tweeted this. Follow me, Vontae Rose. But uh, one thing I did notice about like all these guys coming out of college and like making it in the draft and like all these 
four and five star recruits. One thing I noticed, it was is a is weird to notice, but like economically, these guys are straight. Like even if they went on to the draft and never made it, they would not grow go broke. You know what I'm saying? Like they could always like get a job or like play overseas or something like that. But you know, like way back when, like even LeBron, like that man came from literally nothing. You don't have players like that. And so like the argument where people want to go ahead and go to the draft, like skip college and go to the draft to do for their family. I'm not like, I'm not seeing it because like your family is straight. So like, what are you going to do? I mean, I get people go to school to play basketball. I get that. But like everybody has to have like at least some college, like something to put on a resume just in case. But I'm glad they believe in themselves a lot, you know, to just skip that whole process because it couldn't be me. But at the same time, I don't, I'm not seeing this whole, like, I need to have a nest egg because, like, I'm pretty sure you're, you're good already. But that's just me from the outside looking in. I'm just a broke boy speaking on other people's pockets. Um, no, so I, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make this quick. I'm gonna make this really quick. But Ryan, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna disagree with you. I honestly don't disagree with you at all. Um, hold on. Uh, my fault. If if it was about the injury because he did get injured, then okay, 110%. Um, that's fine. Yes. But my thing is, as after the injury, the game he came back after the injury, he got 30 points, and he's played games after that. Um, even prior to the injury. He um, did not start a game. He wasn't getting the minutes that everyone thought a number four recruit, a five-star recruit should get coming to Duke. Um, and that's how I'm looking at it. Um, I'm looking at it straight from a competitive standpoint. Like like you said, the Zion example. I'm going to use Zion as, as an as well. I'm thinking back to when the team lost Michigan State. Uh-oh. The emotion, the emotion as um, um, when they lost, like again. he was crying right. alligator tears. I, I remember he was a meme for. Keep going. Oh, that was him. I didn't know that was him. Muffle, muffle. But, um, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna use the the Zion a, a example like Ryan did. Like when they lost to Michigan State in the Elite Eight, um. Like you just saw the raw emotion come out of Zion because he, he's a competitor. You know what I mean? Like I'm just looking at it from a competitive standpoint. I think what Keith said is very interesting because I think Nasir Little, like Ryan said, coming out of high school, he was a super high recruit. The McDonald's All-American game, I think he got like 30 points in that game and he was the MVP. And after that game, and mock drives, they had him going like top five. Didn't do anything in college. I think what Keith said is really important because Jalen Johnson. At the end of the day, he hasn't proved anything. He's a freakish athlete who has undeniable potential, uh, potential and is a top 10 pick. But at the end of the day, is he another Nasir Little? That's just the thing that's wondering. And then the other thing is, how is this going to backlash on Duke? Um, a, a top recruit quitting on them. Is this going to affect their recruiting class? In the year? Da, 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 da. So that's it. That's all. I'm well, I think... Uh... Guys, I think we should talk more about this kind of stuff next week, for sure. Maybe we can even ask, you know, the All-American Center, Elise Cunet, who's going to be on here, how she feels about it. Because obviously the men and women's culture for college basketball is a little bit different. Anyways, we got to move on. We got to move on. Speaking of paying their players, transitions, um, MLB news, baseball, America's pastime, is it? Doesn't matter. Um, 
Fernando Tatis about an hour before we started recording, give or take, you know, whatever. You guys are listening to this on Friday. Also, if you're listening to this on Friday, I hope you're having a great start to your weekend. Hopefully, maybe it's at your lunch break. Maybe just listen to it while you're doing your work. You never know. Hope you're doing great. Hope you have a great rest of your day, great rest of your weekend. Follow us on Instagram, obviously, at Forward Score Sports. But um, Fernando Tatis just got paid. Uh, I don't have the numbers directly in front of me. I believe it was 14 years, $340 million. Wow. Something like that. Wow. I do remember 14 years for it. Yeah. 14 years, uh, 340. Yeah. For a 22-year-old, he's got the swagger, you know. He's got the look. Pause. He's got the skill, you know. I like Tatis. But I just I just think that that's crazy. But um, Tatis... Third highest pay, third highest baseball contract in history, behind Mike Trout and Mookie Betts. Cole. Yeah, that's correct. what you said earlier. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, but um, shout out to him. Uh, Fourteen years is a long time. He'll be thirty-six years old when that contract's over. Mm. And uh, the, other, the other little bit of news. Obviously, pitchers and catchers are starting to report. Um, spring training will start. Um, go Yankees. Uh, speaking of Yankees, other New York team, uh, New York Mets, Tim Tebow has also retired from baseball. I don't know what that means. I'm sure that he might try to make a comeback or do another sport or go to the Broncos. I don't know. But it's Tebow time. You guys remember when he used to pray before the games and it was called Tebowing? That was a weird time. Tebowing, planking. <laughs> Harlem Shake, like wow. what a freaking herd, man! Wow, that was back when Keith was like fifty-five years old and all that stuff. Oh, bro, that was when I was in college. Oh, yeah. oh now, now you want to be young yeah. again? You said you were thirty-four. Yeah. Right? That, uh, you asked when the time was. It was. It, it's anyway. it's once Devonte. Once other people start calling him out for being old, is when he's like, "No, I'm young. I'm young." Thirty-five, born oh, and bred hater. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I yeah, Tim Tebow was a herd. Um, I'm glad he had a successful career in whatever he wanted to do. Hopefully, he'll. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see what happens. Do, I don't know. But uh, obviously, um, that's pretty much all we got for this week. Um, hopefully, you tune in. Obviously, follow us on Instagram at Fortiscore Sports. You can follow all of our socials. We're all we're all posting more and more on this account every day. As uh, I mean, we we have been, but it's starting to get more and better and more quality. Uh, anyways, ask us questions. We're gonna have Elisa on. Uh, she's all American center, great person, great athlete, um, one of my friends. So whether it's sports related, life related, hell, music related, anything, uh, anything you want to know, ask her. Um, as always, thank you guys for listening. Shout out Four Score Sports. Uh, make sure you listen to their episode right after this, directly after, just straight in the anchor. If you're an anchor, thanks for listening. Go straight to Four Score right after you listen to this, um, after you follow us on Instagram. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Before we end, obviously, we got to let our boys talk real quick. So, Colt, anything you want to say? Um, go Pack. Um, go Timberwolves. Um, Anthony, Anthony Edwards for Rookie of the Year. He actually no. had 28-8-5 last night. Lamelo um, is better. And, uh, <laughs> go Pack, go Timberwolves. Um, that's all I got, man. Thank you for being here. Um, 
All right, I'll go since Grant. Yeah, keep going. You're doing great. I love you. Go pack. If you ain't game, don't bang. There you go. That's it for me. Grant. <laughs> go pack. Uh, shout out Yankees for announcing Clint Frazier's going to start in left field. Uh, sometimes can't catch a fly ball, but <laughs> lead to fire. And I like. I, I like his look. Pause. If the man, if the man is handsome, let him be handsome, man. Just call it like it is. If, if you, you gotta worry about that. Listen to this on Friday. I hope you have a good weekend. If you listen on Saturday, uh, start listening on Friday. Monday, fun day. If you listen to us on Sunday, Monday's tomorrow. So I hope you had a good weekend. All right, uh, that's all we got. We'll see you guys next week. Make sure to ask us questions for. Miss Elisa, thanks for listening.